the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Get what I want. Live in the life. Nobody can touch me. Woo! It's Friday night. Yes, indeed it is. Glad to have you with me, this bad girl here. I say what I like. That's right, I do indeed. And I'm glad that y'all appreciate that every night of the week, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time now on The whoa, Answer whoa, whoa. CD. I thought we were 6 to 7. We 6 to 8 now, baby. Catch up. You've been here. To- <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> uh, We are streaming live right now on the Facebook page, The Answer San Diego. But you can also contact us and give us a shout here at 888-344-1170 because we are live and the phones are open to you. Of course, uh, you can also tweet at me at our new Twitter account at AK Show San Diego. Got a great lineup for y'all tonight. Of course, Fridays, you know, means Bob Walters and he is here to continue because to educate everybody on what's happening in the education system and share more news about that than you're going to hear anywhere else. Of course, later on in the hour, we got our hero of the week and stink of the week. But first, the Framing Bureau of Investigation. There was a verdict that came down today in the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. But before I get into that, I got to bring in my man, the one and only, every night of the week, whether it's Friday or Monday or any other day, it's DJ Potato Skins. And only the very courageous will be able to keep alive the spirit of individualism and dissent, which gave birth to this nation. DJ DJ Potato 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 Skins. Former Mr. President Reagan is indeed correct. And uh, you never underestimate the power of a good donut. A very special thank you to the Dean of Donuts, uh, our boss out there in Radioland. And I ate it in 90 seconds. Very good. Very good. Okay, so um, we've been on verdict watch. I told you guys last week, this is uh, this was the story. I think I mentioned last week, this was the story that nobody was talking about, but everybody should be talking about. And it was... The trial that was taking place of these guys who were arrested in October of 2020, just in time for an October surprise, uh, and they were charged in uh, for um, conspiring to, and I'm going to read directly here, to unlawfully seize, confine, kidnap, abduct, and carry away and hold for ransom and reward, or otherwise, the governor of the state of Michigan. And we've been on a verdict watch for that. And while we were waiting for the verdict to come down, Julie Kelly from American Greatness, AM Greatness, was the only person to point out the, the timing, the sequence of events. And I talked about this last week before the verdict came down today. And this is important to remember when, you, when I get into the verdict. She was like, wait a second, these guys were charged, these guys were arrested in October of 2020, but none of them were charged until December, well past the deadline, which is the 30 days, which also begs the question, why, why, why was this indictment considered, these charges considered to be legit when they missed the deadline, right, on that? And it became clear to her that the reason why they were arrested in October was this was meant to interfere with the election. That's what this was about. The prosecutor said that they had evidence that they had to do this timely because these boys were about ready to act. They were about ready to do something on this Gretchen Whitmer, but then they had no evidence that was presented at trial. None. 
that there was any evidence that these guys were about to do anything that involved the unlawful seizure, confinement, kidnapping, abduction, carry, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, early on in the case, so, well, let me tell you guys, the verdict came down today for these four gents. A mistrial was declared on two and not guilty was declared on the other two. Not guilty. And in declaring them not guilty of a, a plot to kidnap, hold for ransom, or do anything to Governor Whitmer, in, in their acquittal, finding them not guilty, what it really did, and this is the most important part that I'm not seeing anybody report on today. CNN is reporting on it, but they're reporting on it, of course, not factually. Them being found not guilty actually results in the FBI being found guilty of the crime of entrapment. Let me explain. The defense uh, attorneys had argued that their clients were entrapped by the FBI because at least a dozen FBI confidential human resources sources and undercover agents were working out of numerous FBI field offices and they were deeply embedded in the plot. Now, initially, the judge in the case was not going to allow the defense to present uh, any it, to raise the entrapment issue until the government rested its case. They weren't going to allow them to, to raise any, to raise this at all at any point. But the judge actually scuttled that plan when, according to Julie Kelly, it became obvious that the four defense attorneys were unable to effectively represent their clients without demonstrating the FBI's extensive involvement, because that was really the entire crux. So either, even though the judge pre-trial basically gave the prosecutors everything that they wanted in terms of the discovery phase and even telling the defense you can't even raise the entrapment issue until after the prosecutors rest their case, the judge could see that that was impossible because he could see really what had gone on here uh, in, in terms of the FBI's role as a part of that process. To prove entrapment, Julie Kelly explains, the defense had to convince the jury that the government induced the criminal behavior and the defendants lacked predisposition to carry out the kidnapping conspiracy on their own. Okay, so let me define that again. This is what entrapment means. That the government induced the criminal behavior, actually created the criminal behavior, and that the defendants lacked the predisposition to carry out the kidnapping conspiracy on their own. In other words, this was all cooked up by the FBI. Against the objections of the prosecutors, Jonker, the judge, notified the jury last Friday that they could consider entrapment. And Jonker advised the jurors to ask themselves whether, quote, the agent or informed persuaded the, the defendant who is not already willing to commit a crime to do something illegal. So the jury came back and basically answered that question and said that the agent is the one who persuaded these people that they were not willing to do this crime. In fact, I don't have time to get into all the, the details here, um, but the, the FBI, the lead informant was a guy named Big Dan, and he explained how he um, brought the, the makeshift group of a bunch of potheads, quite frankly, the alleged militia guys together after he was hired by the FBI in March. He basically bribed, bribed them with food, bribed them with pot. One of the guys here, the supposed mastermind, a guy named Fox, lived in a dilapidated cellar of a vacuum repair shop with no water, no running water in a toilet. These guys, not only did they not have the desire, the predisposition, they did not have the means to do anything. The FBI FBI and and CNN and other outlets are reporting that there was one informant. There was a dozen informants. There was only four of these little militia dudes and 12 FBI informants. 
This one guy, Big Dan, was paid $60,000 by the FBI in cash and gifts. He got a new laptop. He got new tires. He got a smartwatch. 60 grand to this dude for six months work. In closing remarks, the U.S. attorney said um, that he dismissed the defense arguments and said that they were just, you know, um, you know, um, disgruntled misfits, pothead. He basically tried to claim that the, 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 the defendants were a bunch of potheads. And so their accusations against the FBI were unfounded. Um, but, um, you know, the defense attorney said, when I look at what happened in this case, I am ashamed of the behavior of the leading law enforcement agency in the United States. It's unacceptable in America. That's not how it works. They don't make terrorists so we can arrest them. And that's exactly what they did here. And they did this in the course of trying to sway the outcome of an election. That's what 100% of this was about. This actually is a continuation of a lie that Biden said on the campaign in 2020. He continued to propagate the lie that Trump had said when it came to the white supremacist and these white nationalists or whatever in in, uh, Charlottesville. He had said falsely accusing Trump of saying that there were good guys on both sides. They have continued to push that narrative across a variety of different stories. They tried to say that that these guys were um, attached these guys to Trump, this phony, fake kidnapping plot that the FBI tried to create. And even though they tried to create it, these guys still did nothing but talk. They weren't they went ahead and arrested them, even though there was no there was no evidence of them doing anything just so that they could do a perp walk in front of TV and try to say that these guys cooked up this plot as a result of what Donald Trump said in regards to uh, Gretchen Whitmer and the covid and the covid lockdowns. And Biden actually used it on the campaign trail. So that's what what all this is about. But what what I think. Aside, getting aside from the election interference and and what this was meant to do, I think the biggest story here and what is absolutely huge, absolutely huge is this is evidence for what I've been saying for a while that we've got to stop having conservatives say that it's just a few people at the top. The stench of the FBI does. It is rotted at the top, but it goes all it goes all the way to the bottom. Case in point. um, In Michigan. Where this FBI field office is from, Richard Trask, the special agent in charge at the Detroit FBI field office, was fired. The guy in charge of, the, of this, this investigation and this entrapment was fired last summer after he was arrested for assaulting his wife in a drunken rage following a swingers party. Reporters also found anti-Trump sentiment on his Facebook page. Two other FBI agents who handled the Big Dan, the informant here, they were removed from the government's witness list amidst, amidst accusations of unethical conduct. Stephen Robeson, a longtime FBI informant and convicted felon, also was fired for committing at least two other crimes while working on the Whitmer investigation. Known to the defendants as Steve, Robeson coordinated numerous events, including a militia conference in Dublin, Ohio in June 2020 and training exercises in his home state of Wisconsin. After the government accused him of acting as a double agent, Robeson uh, threatened to plead the fifth and said, you know, if you call me to the stand, I'm I'm not going to say anything. So the judge denied defense counsel motion to compel his testimony. The judge did everything he could to help the prosecutors basically going into this. Let them have everything that they wanted from from a, a discovery standpoint and from a witness and a testimony standpoint. But even the judge had to say the defense gets to introduce entrapment here. The FBI 
the FBI and, and actually Revolver has a great article out talking about five different cases. And I'm, I think I'm going to speak to this next week because we don't have time to get into it tonight. But five different Revolver has, a, has an article out with five different examples, starting with the first World Trade Center bombing, going all the way back to Martin Luther King of evidence of how the FBI has a record of, in, of, of entrapment, inciting violence. In the case of the World Trade Center first bombing, the FBI informant could have stopped the bombing and instead he created the bomb himself and did nothing to stop it. We have a huge problem with the FBI. How is this not the number one story in the country that the FBI is now uh, a continuation after the Martin Luther King thing back in the 60s? After the Martin Luther King thing, they promised to get rid of that that program that was involved at that at that point. But they have continued the FBI needs to be dismantled. They are a force at this point for uh, electioneering, whether it's in the whether it's in the case of the Gretchen Whitmer plot or whether it's in the case of Crossfire Hurricane, where you had Peter Strzok and Lisa Page involved, or whether it was in the form of Jim Comey leaking classified information after his meetings with Trump to to the media. Yeah, that goes right into just an article. I brought it into you. We don't have time to go into it in depth right there. Uh, but now they're talking about Whitner's office, the normalization of political violence after this uh, kidnapping plot. There it is. There it is right there. The FBI and the Department of Justice at this point need to be completely dismantled and, and rebuilt because particularly the FBI. Because they are nothing but a force right now for counterterrorism efforts to go against American citizens, declaring them. And we've got a story uh, later on for you guys about that, declaring that that Americans who don't toe the line, according to the left's ideas on, on COVID. You're a domestic terrorist. You're a domestic terrorist. If you question the outcome of an election that's won by a Democrat, you're considered a domestic terrorist and you're inciting violence if you spew disinformation in which you're not spewing the government's line on COVID. Right. Um, in this case here, the FBI is literally man- entrapping people, literally manufacturing crimes for the purpose of smearing in this case, in this particular case with Whitmer, for the purpose of smearing Donald Trump to to affect the outcome of an election. And now, even though the evidence is in that the FBI. We're the crooks here, we're the criminals here, they're still going to double down. And try to claim that this was legit, that these guys actually did this. And now it's a sign that of, uh, that it's even bigger than these, than these four potheads living in, in the basement of a vac shop, right? No, this is about normalizing. Oh, we got to be careful because this is going to normalize political violence. No, what's been normalized is propaganda by the media. What's been normalized is the politicization of our law enforcement agencies against conservatives in this country, against 75 million Trump supporters in this country, against Trump himself, and against anybody who believes in the American first ideology. And the American first ideology isn't even about Trump. It's about what this country was initially founded on, our Judeo-Christian principles and values. And the battlefield for that is actually in our schools, So coming up, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring in Bob Walters, and we're going to discuss that very thing on his Friday education contribution segment. 888-344-1170. Don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with us. And 
Of course, uh, Friday means uh, Bob Walters and his education segment. He's going to be with us uh, for this segment and the next. And then after Bob Walters, we've got our Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. And you're going to definitely want to stay tuned for that because we've got some clips that might make your ears bleed. So (laughs) Um, 888-344-1170 is the AK Show hotline. And Bob Walters, you're always hot, man. You always got the hot stuff to share with us on what's happening in the schools. Hello. Stand top. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got for us? Well, all right. We'll start with some good news, which is always a better start. Solana Beach School District down in San Diego uh-huh. is to consider a new plan for selecting school library books. That's good. Staff will do the initial review, but parents are invited to review as well and indicate when alarmed or dissatisfied. Parents can even restrict their child from certain book titles if they wish. That's a great, great piece of good news. It is, actually. It's parental involvement, it's transparency, and it's the model for what should be happening. Yep. Then you get Logan Heights School in San Diego also, Mm -hmm. now admits that 22% of their students have left to attend a charter school called Memorial Prep. Mm. To their surprise, all the achievement tests improved this past year for the public school as well as the charter school, which shows that competition can do a lot to help our school systems improve themselves by having competition. There it is. You know, competition works, whether in in any marketplace, whether it's in uh, your grocery store, automobiles, cell phones, uh, TVs, and in schools. Yeah. (laughs) Then you got Governor Newham in uh, South Dakota who restricts she passed a law and signed it to restrict critical race theory in K-12 schools effective immediately today. Okay, then. You go, girl. I'm liking that. Effective like now, she said. Okay. Yeah. No lead time, just immediately. And then you got Oberlin College in Ohio loses its appeal to save it from a libel action against Gibson Bakery for things said and done two years ago, accusing it of racist and LGBT harmful policies. You might remember back two years ago that, that uh, this bakery refused to serve two homosexual people who wanted to have a cake made for their birthday or something. And the school not only reacted to it, but they encouraged the students to storm mm-hmm. the bakery for months, virtually putting it out of business. So the bakery sued them, and they now get $11 million in compensatory Award and thirty three million in punitive damages. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I'm glad, glad, glad you brought this story to us because this is one of these things to where, yeah, I mean, you reported it here on the show two years ago, and then these things that they were you reported what had happened and that this the this bakery was going to sue, but then this legal process takes a while, and then you can kind of tend to forget about a story, right? And so, thank you so much for bringing the follow up to this because this just shows what happens when you when first of all um, it's disturbing uh, uh, that this cancel culture and the the somebody in the left gets their feelings hurt doesn't like something's going down and they seek to just destroy somebody in this case this bakery I think was a multi-generational bakery and yeah. they decided to stand up for themselves and fight back against this big heavyweight financial uh, educational institution with a lot of money behind it so it was kind of like a David and Goliath story and you know it's it's nice to see 
you know, uh, uh, also another element of the story is we oftentimes get bad news out of our courts. And so it's nice to see the little guy win here and win through the courts. And this should be a lesson to everybody. But I'm not hearing the story reported anywhere. So thank you, Bob. No, they're not. It's like a secret. All right. Then in some college crazies, we've got California Community College System with 116 campuses and 2 million students has now decided to enforce a system of DEI competencies as a minimum standard for all employees aimed to guarantee anti-racism knowledge and skills and behaviors to mitigate any harm caused to minorities by the staff of colleges. Crazy. Okay, so DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Yeah. So basically... Um, I, I, I'm having to assume the DEI competencies. Uh, well, let's think about this for a second. What, what, how do you force DEI competencies? What does that even mean? This is the kind of stuff that this wokeism that makes me crazy because I come out of corporate America and this in, in a college community college system like this is kind of like a big corporation. How do you go in there? I mean, I, I guess you could force, this, you know, community college system, 116 campuses to hire a certain number of people that fit check a box. But other than that, what does competency mean from a DEI standpoint? Well, that's a good question. I tell you what they're doing is holding classes to instruct and and indoctrinate the employees of so a better way to behave as it deals with the minority students in the college campuses. What it re- what it's really doing is not a better way to behave, i.e., uh, you have to use a pronoun that somebody's demanding that you use. Yeah. Um, this It's all this CRT, anti-white privilege stuff is what's going on. That's true. Plus, the other surprising thing is the college also announces, the college system network announced last week that they may decide to require a full semester of ethnic studies for all students in the colleges in California. Aside from what's already being required, students. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And ethnic studies can be so many different things. I mean, do you get a choice on that? If I've got to study ethnic studies, if I've got to do ethnic studies, I'd really like to study uh, the Italians and how to make a good cannoli because, you know, and and to make good homemade pasta. Because I got to tell you, I don't even know is Italian and ethnic. I don't even see. I don't even know what an ethnic is. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) It's whatever they decide they want to terminate. Exactly. Exactly. All right, what else you got for us, my dear? Colleges across the nation face a downing challenge. The student headcount has shrunk more than 5% in the past year and expected Mm. it more. They fear their financial health for the million students lost, and it is lots of federal and private tuition money that also will disappear. In Pennsylvania, this drop reached 12%, and city colleges, it dropped 23%. But all of this is attributed to a rise in good-paying jobs in these present days, and a growing sense that a, a degree doesn't necessarily guarantee a better life, but does bring a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Well, it used to it used to guarantee a better life because people used to only go to college to get a degree that they could then use to get a job that paid more than an entry level you know job like um, bagging groceries, right? right. Um, you know, it, there it, there was a time in which that was you know the the course book was really limited. Are you going to go be a, you go to college back in in my day? Uh, you were either going to be a doctor, a lawyer, geology was a huge, geology was huge back in my day. Cause you know, I come from the oil industry, the 70s 
South, right? Um, but, you know, people only went to college back then because they had a specific idea of a kind of career that would pay them so much more than if they only had a high school degree. Now, it's crap like ethnic studies that nobody can define, um, fine arts degrees, um, you know, gender studies, women's studies, crap that nobody's hiring for. Philosophy, other things like yeah. that. There's no, there's no jobs for them, but you end up with a hundred thousand dollar plus debt. Yeah, abso- absolutely. When I went to school, we didn't have that kind of debt on us. No, me neither. And the thing is, is that part of the issue too is that one, well, one of the incentives not to go is when you've got so much push right now, people being paid to stay at home. That what's the incentive to somebody to go and bust their butt? I worked five nights a week and took a heavy course load. If you've got the Biden administration telling you stay home and get a fat paycheck. Um, you know, then, you know, uh, lower end jobs are getting paid a lot more. If you're not living in San Diego, you can afford to do that. Right. But there's also more people waking up, Bob, to something you've been preaching about for a long time. And other people are finally catching on. And that's trade schools. Yep. That, that, there's a great source of no overhead. They can pay you to come to the classes and you graduate with a nice job for eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars a year as a plumber or whatever. No debt, truck driver, no debt. Right. Uh, go swing a hammer, go be, go get, go into an apprenticeship. All right. We're going to, it's perfect time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring Bob back with us. We ain't let him go nowhere and we're not going to let y'all go anywhere either. Did y'all know we had a 24 hour comment line? Even though it's Friday, you can still call me over the weekend at 844-814-5227. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170, the answer San Diego. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show. I am the donut queen. Shout out to, was that the Peterson's Donuts? I don't know where the dean, our good boss, know. got those donuts, but man, they were tasty. They were amazing. Unpaid endorsement there. I'm glad to have you guys with us. 888-344-1170. Later on, you know, we've got our Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Do you have a Hero of the Week you want to nominate or a stink? We already got we already got quite the list brewing, but we'll take a call from you if you've got one on your mind. 888-344-1170. Continuing on with Bob Walters, educating you on what's happening in the education system. Carry on, my dear. Okay, well, you've got uh, President Biden and his uh, U.S. Department of Education, not to be undone with crazy things, has created a roadblock to make charter school federal funds from the federal government inaccessible, which were aimed to improve the quality of all such schools, especially in poor neighborhoods. They've cut off all the funding. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that just says it all, people. As to uh, the, the Biden administration, and um, they want to keep kids in these public schools where they can control everything that that is being uh, control the minds of, of kids and make sure that they're being indoctrinated into their CRT mindset as well as recruited into transgenderism. That's ultimately what it's about. They don't give a crap if they can, you know, conjugate a verb, add two plus two. No, they don't. Anyway, as schools continue to decline in quality, truth even in red states, the curriculum policies would not have been conceivable a short time ago. But to my surprise, Bill Ayers, who was a radical terrorist, mm-hmm. I didn't realize after he got out of jail, he became a professor at the University of Chicago. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And helped spread the leftist agenda to public schools everywhere, and now even many private schools with, under the leadership of people like, like him. 
example, 9.5% of minors aged 13 to 17 now identify as LGBT versus 1% 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, look at the progress they've made, the progress in destroying the country. Oh, yeah, and marriage and love and families and, and a healthy society. Yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what this country was founded on, Judeo-Christian principles, values, traditional marriage, the traditional family unit. Nobody's here to tell you that it's perfect. Nobody's here to tell you that every family, that, that's that's ridiculous. There's imperfection in every system. But the, the, that system on which this country was founded made, made this the greatest country in the history of the world. And, and they know that. That's why if they want to destroy this country, they have to destroy its fabric. And its fabric is in Judeo-Christian principles and values and the family unit. And that's what this is ultimately about. Yeah. Now, again, the restorative discipline fails to curb school discipline. This is the latest method used by social justice people to have bad kids pulled aside and talk to or have two kid fighting kids stop and talk to it out to each other and, and not be referred to the parents or to the police. The aim is to lower the suspensions hitting kids of color more than others. Okay, so let me let me interrupt you. Okay, so they come up and they see two kids fighting, punching each other in the face. Right. Instead of calling the parents, they're like, okay, they want to have an Oprah moment. They want to pull them aside and, and, you know, have them talk it out. Yep. Chitty chat and, and come to grips and kiss and make up. Yeah. Does that even include if one of them's trying to shank the other one, like stab them with a knife or something? I know. And what's bad is Orange County now is, is voted last week to expand this procedure to all 32 schools in oh, the county. Wow. It's kind of surprising. And they right? think that this is going to reduce violence yeah, by having really, no repercussions. Yeah, and it doesn't really work. Your Parkland, Florida kid is a good example of the failure of this approach when he went on to kill 17 classmates despite numerous counseling sessions mm-hmm. to mind straight. Of course, the argument is, are colored kids more misbehaving, or is it a racist application that's really at fault? It's just that the logic to this is all just terrible. Right. Well, it, well, look, I mean, it's, it's, it should be simple, right? It doesn't matter what grade, uh, you know, because everybody's got color that is skin. It doesn't matter, you know, what the, what the shade is. If you're, if you're in the middle of an act of violence, you're being violent, and that needs to be dealt with depending on the age. Um, typically by, you know, restrictions, calling the parents, getting involved, or the police, depending on the situation. I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're boy or girl. <laughs> you're right. And it's just, it's just, discipline is failing in a lot of our schools, and that we're paying the result of it. But anyway. Well, it's, also, it's just as much a part of what we just talked about in terms of them destroying the, the, the family unit in this country and destroying marriage and a healthy society through their transgender stuff. It's all a part of it. It's all just different, different tactics of, uh, you know, to use for the, for the overall endgame. Yeah. One in three California students now report being bullied in the past year. That's kind of surprising. This is blamed on the lack of counselors, which now there's only one counselor per 572 students in the California schools. By contrast, Santa Ana schools, it's 250 to one ratio, which cut their bullying ratio from 33%, which is the state average, to 20%. I think parents can be blamed, especially where there is no father or society in general, now sees forgiveness and kind approach versus traditional suspensions. It's just, again, it's just part of this mythology that you, you just, if you have counselors to sweet talk them, it's going to make them all better. And it's really not true. The, the bullying goes on because people are being mistrained by their parents and not supervised by mom and dad. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, when when you've got bad behavior going on in school, it's a result of what was happening, you know, in the home before they got there that day. That's true. I think it's really connected. Then interesting, you got a student theater club in Fordham University in New York has created a white only, quote, safe space for white people, white kids to actively fight against racism, unquote. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The leader says it is to free people of color from responsibility for white people's education as they try to uncover the depths of their internalized racist and superiority complex. This I don't even know what it, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Safe space for white allies to actively fight against racism. So otherwise, those of you that are on board with us on our CRT agenda, you white people are acceptable, right? That, is that what they're saying here? But you don't want to have any black people in there because maybe that might uh, injure the discussion that's going on freely between the white students. Well, is- what, what they're saying is if we, if we find some white people that we think are acceptable, i.e. they're willing to denounce their own whiteness and they're willing to fight, you know, to pick up the BLM banner and carry with it, then, then that eases the burden of, the, of the, the Black Lives Matter or the black community to do it. I think that's the point there. And, you know, trying to, trying to bully or trying to um, identify useful idiots, which is what Marxists call uh, useful idiots, you know the term. That's basically what they're doing here. They're looking for, for white students that they can use as their useful idi- idiots to carry their banner for them and do their dirty work for them, and it's shameful. It really is, yep. You got a middle school in Connecticut who suspended a nurse for revealing online the school was secretly trans- transitioning kids without their parents' knowledge into the LGBT formulas. She said the school was even passing out puberty blockers starting in kindergarten. Wow. Wow. She was fired. Yeah, in Connecticut. She was fired because she exposed the school that was behind parents' backs giving kids hormone treatments that stunt their growth and deny their bodies the biological growth that comes along with going to puberty. And, and this was going on with kindergartners. I agree. It's unbelievable. This, this is, this is, uh, I, I, I don't have time to get into it. I talk about this all the time. This is schools literally mutilating and torturing and abusing children when you're giving them drugs that, oh, by the way, are off label. If you get sick today with COVID, Bob, you don't have the right to go and get whatever ivermectin, whatever compact or, you know, group of drugs you want, right? You don't have the right. Oh, because ivermectin, that, remember, that's a horse drug. Meanwhile, they're giving uh, adult horm. There's not a drug on the market that was tested and designed to block the puberty of a child. I agree. And here's some more on this issue. It's just unbelievable. Information now says this practice is practiced, of course, in New Jersey, California, Wisconsin, Florida, and others, and began in the Obama regime. Now the Biden administration picked up where this left off by Mm -hmm. affirming puberty blockers and irreversible sex change operations for children without parent knowledge or consent. This is now a federal mandate issued to all of the school districts in the United States. Yeah. And in fact, Jen Psaki, we played the clip last night. Jen Psaki is threatening uh, the Biden administration is threatening to hold states accountable. And I and there, so I, I predict what's what's and I mentioned this last night where this is going is they're looking to get this to the Supreme Court and get this kind of like a Roe v. Wade. But for children to centralize it, take it out of states hands and get it stamped by the courts that this is proper medical treatment and anybody who interferes with it. Anybody who interferes with it is committing a hate crime. That's where I see this going. 
It's really terrible. When the real hate crime is going against children in this country. Yep. You think about this. You Would you want your child to be given uh, ecstasy in a classroom? Given pot in a classroom by a teacher? Given any other drug? Why would you, why would you, where is the outrage, Bob? On part of on a, on the entire part of the United States of America tonight, the kindergartners behind their parents' backs are being given puberty blockers. Yep, and the Biden administration wants to end a Trump effort to collect data on teachers who commit sex crimes. <gasps> a Michigan school district has allowed an assistant principal who was out on bail for child sex crime to return to work pending his trial in six months. It's just I just I don't, don't even have any words. A final note on this. Biden's Justice Department has just sent a letter to all state attorney generals warning them they could be violating civil rights if they keep minors from receiving gender affirming care, whatever the hell that means. Oh, my gosh. That's I just I didn't even know. That's just what I predicted. And you just you just you just clarified what my what my prediction was. Yeah, they just they just issued it this week. So. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, Bob, wrap us up with school choice and we the kids, because we can't just sit here and complain. We've got to get active. I agree. Well, the school choice initiative is it's winding down today. So it's over. We don't have a decision yet. As we made enough. Hopefully we did. If we didn't, we'll be back on the table. But I also urge parents to think about getting involved with we the kids dot us. It's a great group. They got nice materials. Help your kids get turned in their head the right way about U.S. history and, and our doctrination of our Declaration of Independence and so forth. It's a very good organization. It's free. Yeah. So that's what I urge them to do. And I thank everybody for their help on the School Choice Initiative. Hopefully, pray to God, we made enough to make it on the ballot. Yeah, hopefully so. we got to get kids out of these schools. Their lives literally depend on it. Bob, thank you for all you do for the kids. Appreciate you. You're all right, now y'all stay tuned because coming up next, we got Hear of the Week and Stink of the Week. You got a Hear of the Week or a Stink? 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. Don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. When, when should I ever announce myself as Hero of the Week? <laughs> I, I, should I do that sometime? Uh, you know what I would declare? I've nominated you before. You know, so you, you have. Doing your, your good work and maybe it'll come up again. I, I, well, I will tell you who, who would definitely call me Hero of the Week is anybody who gets to taste some of my baked goods. Because I am a hero to many when it comes to me baking my cake. So um, we, I've, I think I've got a really good hero for you guys this week. I know you got one you wanted to clear skins, but we got to start. We got to start with a, a stinker of something that happened. An egg that was laid on the oh, White House steps Joe. today. We need to maybe think about doing a, a segment just to Joe's gaffes. But here was a big one today. Let me close what I've long said. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas. Oh, we're keeping that one on file. That's a good one. Maybe I should make you hear of the week because he just cracked me up. I'm gonna. What I've long said. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot. 
excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas. <laughs> if you're going to le- tee it up, to, I've got American, the single word. You just need Get to come the word out right, with, Joe. Well, and that wasn't even a word. He went on to tell some story about him traveling with Xi Jinping when he was vice president. Okay, great way to remind us of the Hunter Biden laptop and the corruption with China, Joe. Good grief. Um, you have a stinker before I get to my my hero? My stink of the week is actually every, uh, the story's coming up, every single Democrat that uh, voted uh, on this insane bill that we're going to be talking about that, you know okay. what, it's... It, Don't I'm tell gonna, them what I, the bill people is. People will find out. People will find out. Stay tuned for that. All right, here's my hero of the week. Roll the clip. Uh, hi, thank you for coming. Uh, my name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question is for Mr. Seltzer. Uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation, uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Justice Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Mm-hmm. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? Too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> yeah. You have 30 seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's interrupt there. Uh, that was Brian Stelter. The, the young college kid was speaking so fast. He, it wasn't exactly clear who he was asking, but it was Brian Stelter uh, from CNN. And he laid out, that college kid laid out the disinformation campaign. On point. On point from every aspect, whether it was Nick Sandman with a Russian collusion hoax, you name it. He laid it out. And Brian Stelter's response of it's time for lunch. And he really wanted to go to lunch at that point uh, was just absolutely said it all. And I, I'm not I'm not going to give Brian Stelter any more time. He went on to say you heard him say you're, you're talking about another channel. No, he no same one. dude. Same one. I mean, this kid literally laid out the disinformation campaign from CNN. Stelter's excuse was to go on and say, look, when Benjamin Hall, this Fox News reporter, was hurt over in Ukraine, we did really good sob stories for him. He didn't he could not even counter in any way what that kid laid out. That was a takedown. And that kid is my hero of the week. Hey, uh, and you all, too, for joining me on this two-hour ride every night of the week. And we're going to be back next hour. So don't go away. Go grab a cup of coffee, get a slice of pizza, and come on back to the Andrea K Show because we'll be here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.